Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Saktival Thabar is an award-winning leader in financial services, a highly sought-after international speaker and maximum performance coach within the business and, of course, corporate circles, really following the start of his career in the most challenging way possible. Actually, as a military officer and an airborne ranger in the Singapore Armed Forces, clearly not someone to get on the wrong side of, but um, I think I've probably got on the right side of Sakti, as I call him, and you'll get to know him as Sakti, I'm sure, during the Sandro Forte podcast today. And there's a particular reason why I wanted this gentleman to join us today, because uh, not only has he become a really good friend, um, he gave me the great honour of attending and uh, and being a guest on, on um, his own show, which is extraordinary, and you really need to check it out. Uh, so I thought not only would I turn the tables, but I would also glean as much information as I possibly could from the great mind of this extraordinary individual for all sorts of reasons. And you are about to find out in the next 30 minutes exactly why Sakti is a guest on the Sandro Forte podcast today. So, sir, it is a privilege and an honor to have not only a good friend, but a, a really, really extraordinary human being on the Sandro Forte podcast today. And that is the one thing that really sets our podcast apart from all the others. It isn't about you know financial success or necessarily. Um, overcoming a particular issue in life. The one commonality between all our guests is that they are just great human beings. And, uh, and, and Sakti is the epitome of that. So Sakti, welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. I'm really, really looking forward to the next 30 minutes. Hi, Sandro. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward for this for the whole week, you know, getting myself excited. <laughs> Before the show started today, you said to me, you've listened to all the podcasts religiously, bless you. Uh, but today is the day you are looking forward to hearing your own voice on the Sandro Forte podcast. Yes, definitely. It's going to be a, definitely a different feeling for me to listen to myself in your podcast, right? So uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to. Well, everyone is about to find out why we have you as a guest today. Um, let's start, if we may, Sakti, with... Uh, your background. Now, I know in, in Singapore, one of the things that uh, they insist on all young men doing is, is joining the armed forces. So I guess that was probably imposed upon you to some extent. But I'm going to be very interested today to find out what those lessons that you learned were and how those uh, manifested themselves, those, those learnings and those experiences, how they manifested themselves in your life and now your very successful career. But just by way of a background, tell us a little bit more about, you know, who you are and your family background and where you come from, just to give people an idea of who we're talking to today. Sure. Um, I'm from Singapore and I come from a middle income family. Uh, I have two younger brothers and maybe I'll just uh, share a bit on my borderline story uh, to set things right that I was not someone who looked forward to become a soldier since young. Um, I grew up uh, doing my diploma and uh, my key goal was not to repeat and you know, just finish my diploma, and that's how big my goal was. You know, just not to repeat. Uh, why? Because my father was a strict 
men and uh, the last thing I wanted to be on the wrong side. So I want to make sure that I finish my diploma and told that, you know, I've done what I need to do. And that's when, you know, uh, like what you shared, Sandro, uh, I was waiting uh, for enlistment uh, into the army after finished my diploma. And one fine afternoon, you know, once uh, we were actually uh, watching our English Premier League um, and, and we were sitting down there and then my dad told me, Sakti, I realized that you have a special affiliation with Borderline. You are borderline uh, in school. Your grades are borderline. So I don't expect you to be a doctor or lawyer. And sports, you are borderline. You, you know, get changed. You go to the team, but, you know, you're always on the bench. And as a son, you are borderline. I tell you to buy papers. You go down there, you play with your friends, and you never come back with the papers. So his advice then was, you know, why don't you start a career defending the borderline of Singapore? <laughs> that, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. At that moment, you know, I felt my dad telling me I'm a borderline son. So he hit me hard, right? And But, you know, I, I took his word seriously and I told him, yes, dad, I'll do that. And I went into the army. And of course, I'm supposed to serve two years. But surprisingly, when I went in there, I realized that I loved what I was doing there. You know, meeting people and consistently challenging myself. And that was when uh, another advice he gave me is, uh, you know, fake it till you make it. Whatever they ask you, just say yes, sir. And that's what I did. And then the first question came about, uh, Shakti, would you like to become an airborne ranger? Not knowing what it was, I say, yes, sir. <laughs> and then I realized it was um, in the special operations. But the cool thing was, um, because I was called as a borderline, there's something that happened uh, within me. I started asking myself, since I'm going to be in the army, why not be, you know, be, be, be the best? You know, be the best I can be. And, and that triggered me to start asking myself and telling myself, let's push myself and, and take on the challenge. And that's where I, I went for my every single confident course available in the army. I became an airborne ranger. I was an officer in the army. And for about 12 years, I was a uh, captain going major. And that's when I realized it's time for me to move on, you know, start something different. Because I, I think I have went up above the borderline. Uh, so I thought it was time for me to move on from there. So this was the beginning. So it started, I will say, more of an, um, uh, from a conversation I had with my dad. And uh, my relationship with my dad was more of a, he was a strict man, so it's like very minimal conversation. But it evolved along the way when I grew up. You know, when, when I became a business owner, we spoke more. And years later, he told me the only reason he called me borderline son was not because he, um, he wanted to hit me, you know, or, or make me feel bad, but because he knew the only way he can make me uh, achieve or reach my fullest potential is when I challenged. So, and that's what he did. And he did it extremely well. And that was how my beginning started in the military. And it, and it sounds to me, Sakti, as if uh, this, yeah, I'm going to call it a yes, sir attitude, because I'm going to repeat the two words that you used. This yes, sir attitude, um, you know, some people would criticise that and say, you know, that's that's blind faith. That's just looking on the positive side of everything. And you're you're bound to trip up along the way. But everything I know about you, um, you do have this kind of yes sir attitude and i don't mean that in a subservient way but you are you know you are a very very positive bundle of energy uh you see the best in everything uh the sky's the limit the bar is always set too low do you think that that yes sir attitude that you have is a has stood you in good stead i mean it's a kind of rhetorical question because i guess the answer is yes but for the for the benefit of those listening who struggle with the yes sir attitude, you know, the glass half empty people. Um, how, how is that, that positive mental attitude that you have 
helped you in business? Because we're going to talk about leadership in a minute. You are a great leader of people. Um, and you are one of the very, very few people in life that I've met who has a genuine generosity of spirit. You know, you're always spending time acknowledging other people, putting other people on a platform. You know, one only has to look at your LinkedIn profile and, and Facebook to see the amount of posts that you that you list, never talking about yourself, always talking about other people. Um, where does that where does that positive bundle of energy and positivity come from? And and I guess the question in a very roundabout way is, how has that helped you? How would it help other people in life and business? Yeah, it's an excellent question, Sandro. And um, this is a question that I ask myself, you know, am I uh, too much of a yes, sir? And, and to be frank, I think in order for me to be a good leader, I, I realized even during my military days or whether in business, you got to be a good student. So it's about not uh, to, to be open uh, to anything that you can learn from anyone. So instead of judging and saying, you know, I'm not going to learn anything from anyone, it's about just openly listen and then decide for myself whether is this something that I want to do or is this something useful for me. So I, I think that that way what happened was I was able to, you know, be humble, uh, to expose and talk to anyone out there. Uh, I strongly believe that I can learn from anyone whether they are a cleaner, they are a successful business person, anyone, there's something that I can learn because I play many roles, right? Apart from being a business person, I, I'm a father, uh, I, I'm a brother, I'm, I, I'm a son. So there are certain values that we can learn from anyone. So this is where um, as a leader myself, I realized that when I sit down and listen um, and, and learn from people, then I realized that people would do the same because they, they, they see us, right? They, they, they follow our example, they follow how we actually go about respecting people. So in that way, I realized that um, being a people person, I, I believe that you know the most important thing, it's about respecting people um, and, and giving them the time and the airtime to speak and to listen to them. That's the hardest thing, right? Uh, to listen to people. It sounds easy, but it's not. So this is where uh, being a yes sir, when I started up, it's about just being open to listen to people now. How it has helped me is um, I have a fantastic uh, feedback from people, comments from people that I never thought of before from the most unlikely place. And uh, one example I can give you, uh, I started my live chat because my kids told me about it. And um, you know, they, they one day told me that you know everybody is on social media, you, you should do something about this. And they were showing some of uh, the live chats and podcasts going on and then, you know, simple things like that. Why don't you try that? And I never thought of doing it until I got this comment. It's like, wow, you know, a small little girl telling me what to do. And, and I thought it's an awesome idea. So along the years, I realized that there have been many ideas, many things that I've done that have um, been inspired by listening to people, the most unlikely people that one would think that you will learn from or do things from. So that's where I realized that why um, stop myself from having that opportunity to learn from anyone? The world is huge. So that's one thing. So I think it's about being open um, to listen to as much people as possible and, um, you know, consistently raise the bar so that, you know, you, you find that you are growing uh, from every single uh, things that are being shared from people. And, you know, you, you take these ideas and you just implement it on the ground. Mm. What's the worst mm. can happen? Exactly. I, I've got two millennials in my family, my son and my daughter. Uh, one is responsible for my podcast and Arguably, the other is responsible for, for the, my books. I mean, they were the inspiration behind that. Um, I, I'm going to ask you a little bit about leadership because 
we we don't get that many true leaders on the podcast. And, and I say that with no disrespect to anyone that's gone before you. But the reason I want to talk to you about leadership is because uh, you are very much regarded as a leader in your community, a very highly thought of, hugely respected. I guess the simple question is, what does it take to be a good leader, Sakti? I think the most important thing is uh, it's about always thinking about our the, the people that we are serving, right? Uh, it's not about us, it's not about position, but it's about what is the impact that we can make for the people who are with us. I think that's the key because the moment you have no followers, you are no more leader, right? And, and that's it, you know, you're just all alone and you're just talking to yourself. So I think it's about making an impact. I think it's, it's more of passion. Uh, a good leader is somebody who wants to make a difference to people through their actions. And that's what I strongly believe uh, along the years, whether it was in military or in business, it's about always adding value. And, and that is one thing that even for me personally, uh, keeps me awake in the morning. You know, I feel employed. I feel that I got a purpose today because I got to make a difference to three people. It could be the simplest thing. So as a leader, I think we need to be very clear of our sole existence is to make an impact with the people, whether it's about you know helping them to perform well in, in, in their jobs, um, whether it's in sales, or it's about helping them to be better in any other things that they, they are looking forward to. And most importantly, even you know play different roles, be a coach, be a mentor. So being a leader, I believe very strongly, uh, it is a very big responsibility on our shoulder rather than just a, a, a positional name. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I would say that you know anybody who wants to be a leader, then they should be willing to be committed to their responsibilities that come behind that. And I, uh, um, another thing I've just picked up from you, Sakti, when you were speaking then, um, is this kind of why wouldn't I attitude? You know, a lot of people really struggle with the obstacles that are placed in front of them and they, they look for reasons not to do something. You know, why... Why would I do this? Why should I do this? Your attitude is very much, well, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I give it a go? What's the worst that can happen? And that's a, I think that explains uh, in, in very eloquent terms how you've achieved the success that you have. Um, a number of other things I, I do want to touch on that kind of set you apart from other people. One of, one of the questions I was going to ask you today was, how does somebody rise above this kind of sense of mediocrity? Now, you've used the word borderline. How, apart from clearly this, this passionate fire that burns within you, um, I don't know if you share my view that, you know, we were all kind of born the same. You know, we weren't born differently. We all started in the same place. What is it that, that allows somebody like you to rise above mediocrity? And what does that mean to you versus somebody who really struggles to get past that, that, that barrier, that, that line in the sand, let's call it that. What is it that gets people over the line, if I can use that as an expression? Because you clearly do it. You do it on a regular basis. It seems to come naturally to you. What is it that, that somebody can do to rise above that mediocrity, to get over that borderline? I think it starts from within us, first of all, to come to a certain level of acceptance that we are unique. We are different and we have many more things that we can offer to the world compared to another person beside me, right? So, so I think that's something that we have to realize. Um, and, and once we, we realize that we have, we have much more things to put out there, the whole idea, now it's nothing wrong to be mediocre, to do things that others are doing, right? To be safe. 
But when I was in the military and prior to that, a lot of my uh, my friends and, and schoolmates, they were always talking about, you know, getting a, a job in the civil service, you know, so that I can stay on job until 60 and then retire, have a safe life. Now, for me, safe was like, you know, boring. You know, I, I, I can't. I studied engineering and if any engineering company employs me and I'm, I'm not worried to say this, I think they will close down within the first few months because I will be the worst staff or employee they would have ever. Because... I can't, I can't stay in a, in, a, in a place and just do nothing. So I think uh, rise above mediocrity is about consistently challenging ourselves. To do things different, to dare to do things different, just like your book said, right? Uh, I love the title of your book, Sandro, because that's the key, right? Dare to be different. Dare to you know, tell people and show people that this is the unique side of myself and accept it. And, and that is where we will, for myself, I started cultivating that and I started seeing the strength that I had. A lot of times, uh, I don't know whether it's a, uh, maybe I'll talk about uh, Singapore itself, right? I don't know whether it's an educational system where people tend to look at their weaknesses and try to work on that. But what they forget is that when you look at your strength and work on your strength, you will be able to reach the level of excellence. So work on that, right? So, and if it's passion, better still. So for me, I think it's about experience. I, I love to do new things because it's, it's about experience and I learn and I get better at it, or I tell myself, no, this is not something I want. So rise above mediocrity is always consistently challenging myself, you know, to have a bar, achieve that, celebrate, and then next. Don't be too comfortable. Um, and one thing military taught me is never, ever be comfortable um, where you are. So I learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So, you know, consistently challenging myself and doing new things. So, as I said, you know, I feel that I'm growing, which means I'm alive. And that you, excites me. Sakti, you have a very, um, I, I'm going to ask you this question because it kind of follows on naturally for what we've been talking about. You have a very client-focused business. You know, I, I hear the word in the in the Far East a lot about, you know, serving others. And it is, it is a, a part of your cultural excellence that you seek to serve others. Um, often to your own detriment, but your client-focused business uh, has definitely helped towards your own personal success. What What are the benefits of putting the client, the 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 employee? You know, you talked a little bit about leadership. What are the benefits to you of putting others first? I think before putting them first, like in in, in my line of business, I think what's more important is make them. Uh, clear that they are still responsible for certain decisions they take so there's only this much i can do so first of all to be clear you know that, that there should be a certain relationship that should be established certain guidelines it's like this is what i can do for you you know i can do miracles but i i can you know uh, give you certain knowledge certain uh, you know information that you require and certain actions that will allow me to do the best for you but there is still a certain level of commitment for yourself so this has to be established now, once this is done, and I believe that uh, in any relationship, it's a two-sided um, uh, relationship, right? It's we, we, we need to reciprocate and, and respect each other's time. So once I realize that, um, you know, the clients are serious about what they want and they value my time, then I'll make sure that they get the best of, of myself, you know, whatever services I have. So I think this is where um, every time I meet there, it's not about how much uh, I can earn from this appointment or how much I can do, but it's about what value I can give. Because once you do that, the rest is by the way, right? Uh, it's about just focus on the process and the progress of how the clients, uh, uh, you know, the value I can give my clients. And once that is done, I realize that I don't have to worry about how much I get because it, it just happens. 
So, you know, if my goals are big, then I just do more of this. And, you know, so, so that way I realized that I, I get, um, I get to focus what I really enjoy doing most to meet people and do the best for them. And while I'm still on track to achieve my goals, which is also another feel good factor because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, to run a business that's not profitable doesn't make sense, right? So it has to be a good balance. So this is where uh, it is important. Yes, over here, we do talk about, um, you know, client focus, but I still believe that at the end of the day, clients should also take responsibility for their, their, their personal commitments and for their own well-being. I think that's important. Yeah, so I yeah. choose along the years who I want to invest my time with. Mm. Very good. Very good answer. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot now. Tell us about your max model. Ah, all right. Okay. The max model is actually something uh, that I came about. I, I've been practicing. I believe a lot of us are doing it. Um, well, it breaks down into three parts, mindset and A for you know action plans and X is actually on execution. So anything starts from the mindset. You know, when I was in the military, in the Ranger, they used to say that, you know, uh, when you have the right mindset, a growth mindset, 50% of the battle is won. So that's where we talk about that. And a lot of people fail in what they do is because they are not mentally prepared for challenges. So that is where, you know, the max model when I talk, I mean, I, I do it for myself. I practice that for the last six to seven years before I even talk to anyone about this is to have the right mindset. For example, I anticipate challenges. I tell myself that I have a lot of challenges when I have a big goal. So I'm already mentally prepared. So if I don't have that much challenges, it's a bonus. But if I have... I don't react to those challenges, but I respond to them because I'm mentally prepared. I have the right mindset to do that. So that's where I work on the mindset uh, with individuals first. And then from there, it's about action plan. Um, plan and strategy, you know, have a clear strategy of what you want to do. I mean, you can have the biggest goal, right? Um, and as what you have shared again, Sandro, and I, I got to quote you a lot because I see you as a role model. So there are a lot of things that I will quote you along the way because I have learned a lot from you. But I think it, it, it's it's... It's a pity when people don't have big goals, right? Uh, so, you know, they have to have massive goals. And in order for you to achieve those massive goals, you need to have the house, right? So this is where you plan the strategy. So that's where the action plan comes about. And any plan is just a plan, a piece of paper until execution is done. So this is where you start executing, take action. And when you take action, you validate, you look at it, you reflect, you know, and if you're doing the same things and expect a different result, then that's insanity. So this is where you need to sit down, reflect and see what are the things that I need to change and what are the things that I have to keep going. So this is where the max model is actually a clear model where a step-by-step -step process where individual uh, can plan and achieve massive goals. And, you know, uh, and, and it, it's a step that I, I came about, uh, which was useful for me since my military days until today. And I still practice that. You, you've spent, you've dedicated a lot of your career to helping other people as we've been discussing. Do you, do you have any you know, major success stories from the training and the coaching you've given to other people? Anything you're particularly proud of? Or is it just simply a case of you know, helping a lot of people to become slightly better? Is a, is a success to you, you know, one step forward or is it, a, is it a major sea change in somebody's life or business? Well, I always believe that you know, uh, change takes time, right? Uh, when people want to see change in their life, positive change, it takes time. So I, I do not wait for big changes to happen for someone to say that I'm successful, but it's a small little things I do. I'll give you an example. Last night, I was preparing um, uh, for my podcast today and I got a message on LinkedIn where one of these uh, 
particular connection of mine who had followed up with me and said that he wanted to start thinking about going into business. You know, he felt uh, that he was not growing. And I told him, you know, to start doing those small little things, start from mindset and everything. And yesterday he told me that he went for this interview and he got a job which was much more than what he expected. And he did certain things that we I shared to him. And, and that made me feel so good. And I was like so happy. And I told him that, look, you know, that is what I felt. It made my day. It's like you know, that, that simple um, suggestion I made and you followed it and, and it made a difference to you. And that thank you made a difference to me. And I'm sure with that success that he had, he will have much more success because he really have the taste of how certain things work. So I think that is where I think it's the small little things that we do that eventually gives us, you know, big results. So I believe in, don't think about how much I can uh, make a difference to people, but just make the difference they need at that point of time. So I'm, I'm listening to you today, Sakti, and, and uh, the, the energy that, that you exude and all of the different plates that you spin. Uh, and, you know, I, I kind of look at you and I, and I see, uh, it's almost like my own face staring back at me in terms of the fact that you are a very busy man. You know, people are reaching out to you even in the evening, asking you questions. Uh, and you, you know, you're training and coaching people. You've got your, um, you know, you've got your amazing social media platform where you're interviewing uh, the the great and the good. I do not include myself on that list. But you know, you're doing all these different things. The obvious question then is, how do you get balance in your life? How do you, how do you maintain the relationship with your your wife or your children or your, you know, your your family, brothers and sisters? How do you get that balance? Because it is something that we all seek to achieve. Some of achieve some of us achieve it to a greater or less extent. But but what do you do? Are there any tips or techniques, or is it just a question of being mindful of the fact you've got to get that balance? But do you set time aside, or do you have a particular system that you operate? How do you get that balance uh, in your in your life? Interestingly, today I'm actually going to share this on my own podcast about uh, activity management, <laughs> and uh, because I've been having this question, and I think what I do, it, it has to be something that we have to be mindful about. So when I set my goals, it's not just about my career goals. It's not about just finance. It's about family. It's about my own health. Like for example, one of my goals is I want to age gracefully. You know, I want to be at 65, 70, and and still be fit enough to play with my grandchildren, to run around with my kids, and still go for my runs and everything. So I segmentize, like uh, what we say, right? Whole person concept. Break down the different components of my life, and then from there I set goals for each of it. So when the massive goal is done, I break it down to day-to-day activities all the way down to day. So every day I actually have a certain time that it's for myself whether it's that time to play chess with my girls or, you know, to, to sit down and have a, see a TV program with my wife. I mean, these things has to be set apart from the, uh, every other things that I want to do. So it has to be a mindful, it has to be a conscious decision to do that. It, it won't happen by accident. And I think when we do that, what happens is that, yeah, sometimes it happens that we may need to spend a bit more time on some other issues. It's fine, you know, but you always have, um, you know, you can always balance that time. But you are conscious that, you know, since I have done this, I've spent more time on a, maybe on my career or on a training program, then I got to maybe over the weekend spend more time with my family. So it's always being conscious about um, how we are spending our time. And I, I don't believe in time management, but I believe in activity management. If I can do something more effectively and at a shorter time, then why not? I'll have more time for myself to do anything else I want. 
So that's what I do. And it took me time. I, I, it was not like I was perfect at the first time. I, I, I was one of them who was complaining, you know, I'm short of time. You know, I, I don't have time to do those things. A, at the same time, I am also a culprit who tends to take on too many things on my shoulders. Mm. So I aspire to do so many things and I realized that I had so little time. So the only solution is either I do less or I manage my time well. So I realized that the second option sounded better to me. And that's what I do. And I'm still learning and I'm still doing. But I think at the end of the day, it's about being conscious of what we want and prioritize those things that we want. So for me, I think family is the top priority. I mean, that's what I think that's the only key purpose what drives me every day. So it's about family and then my health and then comes the rest. Mm. I, I have one final question for you. I'm going to ask you this just because of your military experience and this, this whole mediocrity borderline thing that we've been talking about. You know, a lot of people find themselves in a situation, Sakti, where they are genuinely, let's use the word frightened. They are fearful of an outcome. So they find it very difficult to take a step forward. Now, there must have been plenty of occasions when you're in the military where, you know, you can have the best mindset in the world, <laughs> but you must you must be confronted with situations where you are genuinely concerned about what's next, where you can't adopt the well, what's the worst that can happen? Because obviously in the military, the worst that can happen is you end up dead, right? So um, how do you deal with those emotional challenges, those moments where you question yourself, where you worry about the outcome, just those little moments of self-doubt? How do you manage those? Because we get loads and loads of emails from, from uh, subscribers and listeners to the podcast who say, yes, but... I'm really struggling with this at the moment. I just don't know how to, to, to climb over this imaginary wall in front of me. How do you, how do you deal with those moments in your life, Sakti? I think uh, it's important. We all have choices. Um, and I think what's more important is to look at the consequence of every choice we make. I, I mean, I used to talk to my girls and I told them, you have a choice to go to school or not go to school. If you go to school, um, the consequence is nothing. Nothing happens. You are fine. If you don't go to school, the consequences, I'm going to come after you. You're going to get punished. And if you can face that, then fine. So I think uh, what I usually do is that when I have options, when there are certain things that I want to face, I look at what is the, I won't say what's the worst can happen, but what are the consequences I've got to face? And once I realize, is this something that I'm able to take on? Is this something that I'm able to face? Can I get over that? Or can I look for the right help or resources to be able to do that? Now, if I can, and I think it's worth because... Um, you know, the desire to achieve that is fine. Uh, you know, it's much more than I'll go for it. I, I'm quite aggressive. I, I like to take risks. So, you know, that, that's my nature. So I'll go for it. Even if it's a 50, 50 or 40, 60% chance for me to achieve it, I'll go for it. But uh, for some, they want to be a bit more, you know, they are a bit more cautious Then really look into whether they are able to, you know, uh, face the consequence. Are they able to take it? If they can't, then they got to take a step back to rethink what other options. So it's always about taking a step back. And are there any options without compromising what you want to achieve? But sometimes to think about it, we got to be we got to be clear that some things in life you want. If you want some things in life, right, you have to pay a price for it. You can't have the best of both worlds. Yeah. So yeah. so it's just a matter of are you willing to take a certain risk? For example, when I left the SAF or the army, the military, and decided to go on business. Uh, the only comment I got from people is that you are stable, you are fine, and you have a girl. You know, at that time, I had, my, my older girl was about four years old. You have a family, you have bills to pay. Why would you want to leave a stable job and start going into something that has no, you know, you're uncertain about your income? 
But for me, it's because there's an option, there's a chance for me to rise above where I am now. So I'll, I'll take the chance. But of course, I sat down and I thought about the consequence. What's the worst can happen? I can go brand up and can I accept that? Yes, I can, but I will not let that happen. I will do everything possible. So I think it's about thinking through so we don't get scared. We get scared when we are not sure what's going to be uh, coming for us. But the moment we are aware of that and we start thinking about what we can do, we realize that we are much less um, you know, worried about it or at least we are much more prepared for it. I love that answer. I, I'm going to repeat what you just said, that you were happy to accept the consequences, but that doesn't mean to say you're going to let it happen. That's a, a really articulate way of putting um, or giving people that have this problem in their head a, a, a potential solution. Final couple of questions. You know what they are because you listen regularly to the podcast. Uh, how do we find out more about Sakti and all that you do? So, uh, you know, social media, websites, all that. So reel those off for us, if you would. Yeah, uh, I think my LinkedIn profile uh, is the best place because uh, that's where you see the authentic Sakti Vail. Uh, you know, my posts are what I feel for the day. It's never prepared over a week. It's like whatever I post, I have it today is written the night before. So I just write whatever I feel or anybody approach me. So LinkedIn is the best place to really see what I'm up to and you know what I'm doing. Um, of course, I do have a website. Um, it's saktivailpr.com. So, um, and the link is on my LinkedIn. So I think the best place is LinkedIn. And um, do feel free to message me and say hi. You know, I, I, I love to meet people. So I'm more than happy to say hi any point of time. Very good. And final question. You know what's coming. Uh, one of your lovely children comes up to Papa or Daddy or whatever they call you one day and says, you know, we've, we've listened to the, the, the Battery Lab show. We've, uh, we've seen you training and coaching people. We've heard you on the Sandro Forte podcast. Um, and with all of your amazing experience from the army and the, the, the successes and the failures and everything else that's happened along the way, if Dad, you could give us one single piece of advice above all of the other pieces of advice that you've given us, what would that single mantra, the single rule to live my life by, what would that be, Sakti? Well, we keep investing in yourself because that's the biggest asset that you can always build and dare to rise above mediocrity. And the only way to do that is just keep doing it better each time you do it. Well, I salute your father at this juncture because uh, he clearly helped to make you the person you are, rising above mediocrity. And I think that might well be the title of today's show. But um, Sakti, thank you so much for joining us today. I wish we could go on speaking for a lot longer because there's plenty more to talk about and maybe we'll we'll do another show with you at some point because always lots to learn and uh, the only thing that's distressed me as a result of today's show is I've been looking at you um, as we've been talking thinking okay I know you're not even mid-40s yet you have not got a wrinkle on your face <laughs> and that is that is a deep concern to me because I'm struggling to keep mine away now um, so you're aging very very gracefully I have to say so, Sakti, once again, thank you for being a wonderful guest and uh, long may you continue to do all the things that you're doing. Thank you so much, Sandro. It was a pleasure to be here. And again, um, I'm always looking forward for your podcast and looking forward for all your guests to come on the show. So thank you so much for inviting me. Mm -hmm.